Hi, I'm Jen Robinson, Registrar and Chief Executive Officer at the College of Veterinarians of Ontario. Welcome, and thank you for tuning in. Our college, as with all colleges, is led by a council or a board of directors. Our council consists of 13 veterinarians elected by their peers and five public members appointed by the provincial government. Serving on council is an opportunity to play a significant leadership role in veterinary regulation. To tell us more about serving on council, I'm so pleased to be joined today by long-serving council member Dr. Elizabeth Saul. Welcome, Liz. Thanks, Jan. It's great to be here. Serving on council is in many ways a privilege, and it's a unique opportunity to use your knowledge and experience to contribute to the betterment of the veterinary profession in Ontario. Every councillor helps the college to uphold its integrity by delivering on its mandate of responsible, professional, and ethical decision-making in the public interest. The role of a councillor of the College of Veterinarians of Ontario is often confusing to those in the profession and in the public. It's not the same as a municipal councillor or even a board member of a professional interest organization, such as an association. Members of the College Council don't represent constituents. Once elected to council, veterinarians are accountable to the statutes and the laws governing the college. Although a council member may bring regional perspectives to the council table, an elected council member does not represent the electorate. By accepting a position as a council member, you occupy a position of trust and confidence. The best interests of the college and the public interest take precedence over personal interests and the interests of veterinarians in a specific electoral district. With that introduction to our focus today, let me introduce my special guest. Liz was first elected to council in 2011 by the Electoral District, which includes Toronto and York Region. In 2013, she served as the college president. Liz graduated from the Ontario Veterinary College in 1983 and has been in companion animal practice as an employee, a locum, and a part owner. And she's also spent time in the area of animal research. On a different note, Liz became certified as a mediator through the University of Windsor and opened Saul Veterinary Mediation in 1998. This fall, Liz concludes her six-year term with the college. Liz, let's start out by going back to the beginning. Can you tell us a little bit about what first motivated you to seek election to council? Yes, and it's not going to be perhaps what you thought. Uh, I was looking for a different way to give back. I had been involved with the OVMA and their conferences and all of that kind of thing in my earlier time as a veterinarian, and I was looking for something new. And my husband said to me, it'll be fun. You should join the CVO. And uh, yeah, that launched me into applying for the position. And I think I was a little shocked when I actually got it, but it was uh, it, it really stemmed from wanting to learn more and wanting to give back to the veterinary profession. And I got launched into an area that I had no idea uh, was what it was in a good way, in mm-hmm. a good way. Well, that'll be, this is sort of an interesting segue, though, to what surprised you at your first council meeting then? Yeah, well, I've told many people that I felt like I was at a tennis match, and I had no idea what the rules of the game were or who was playing. So I think the thing that surprised me at my first council meeting was my extreme level of ignorance. I had been a veterinarian for many years, having graduated in 83. I had always known about the regulatory body but I didn't have a hot clue what they actually did. And so unfortunately, I think that 
level of ignorance is rampant uh, among us uh, as veterinarians. We are so very busy in what we do in day-to-day medicine and uh, clinic that we just haven't taken in the understanding of what the college's function is and and why we need it and what it means to be a part of it. So the most surprising thing to me was my ignorance and I was just thankful to have a a really rock solid education about regulatory regulatory things through my six years. Great. So what do you say to your colleagues who are considering seeking election to council? I say to anyone who will listen, grab it and grab it with both hands because it is uh, an expansion of your already phenomenal knowledge into areas that you probably don't know about. I mean, the number of times that I've had to ask you about governmental things uh, to remember who's in power, who's doing what, and and it's the government that we are responsible to. But that doesn't enter into my everyday life as a veterinarian. And, uh, And so to any of my colleagues, and I just had one contact me the other day to say, why should I do it? And I said to him, because you will be radically changed by it. It is a phenomenal place to have a voice, and that this is not the CVO that I joined six years ago. This is a very different CVO under different leadership uh, that looks at, um, wow, that looks at all kinds of aspects from a global perspective, from a national perspective, and from a provincial perspective. So the education that you will get, the broadening of your mind that you will get by joining the CVO is, uh, is totally worth it. And if I could, I would apply again. I'd do another six years, hands down. Uh, So yes, uh, grab it with both hands and then hang on for the ride and keep your mind open. You, when you were talking about your first council meeting and you were talking about sort of this tennis match piece and and ignorance and trying to quickly uh, gather speed, um, what else might you describe uh, as areas that you found to be particularly challenging uh, while you were serving on council? I think uh, I think one area that that was challenging, but challenging in a good way, was that as veterinarians we tend to be fixers, we tend to be doers, and what I didn't understand was that when you sit at council, you're dealing with uh, you're dealing with lofty is probably not a good word, but you're you're dealing with higher concepts and they are not then concepts that you necessarily have to roll your sleeves up and, and do the work of. At the CVO, we have such a phenomenal staff that brings to us the work that needs to be done. And so, so that was surprising to me. I was expecting to have to put a lot more effort uh, of my own into researching and understanding aspects and instead to my delight I found that in we were presented in our council packages with all kinds of different really stimulating thought-provoking information that would help to upskill us quite quickly onto whatever was uh, present uh, at the moment in, in front of us. 
The other thing that is particularly challenging and will be for every veterinarian who joins the CVO is to modify our veterinary hat, is to hold it, hold it in check. And you don't lose it. You always have that basis through which you see things. But the comprehension of the fact that the CVO exists to protect the public was a mind blower when I came on board. And I mean, to to you who have been in regulatory medicine, that you just know that. Mm-hmm. But to me, who have had, had never functioned in regulatory medicine before that, I had never really given that much thought. And people will say, well, aren't veterinarians part of the public? And yes, indeed we are. We're, we're, I, I think we're one of the better parts of the, <laughs> the public. But um, when we are looking at principles and policies, we have to turn our hat around to make sure that what we are doing as council is to make absolutely sure that the public is protected. And it's not about whether or not this is a good business venture for veterinarians or, or uh, whether it's a moneymaker or anything like that. It's about does it protect the public. And so that was a, that was a challenging thing having functioned as a veterinarian for so many years to kind of sit on my hands about my knee-jerk reaction to to some aspects and instead think no if I'm if I'm part of the public how would I look look at this the other thing that's really helpful to us on council is that we have public interest members and they come from such varied walks of life I mean we have a, you know, large animal reproductive specialist. We've got an engineer. We've had a pharmacist. Actually, we haven't. We've had a lawyer. Uh, we've had all kinds of things, and they bring such a wealth of information to us to help the veterinarians on council to just keep ourselves focused properly. Yeah, it sort of helps keep you honest uh, in, in some ways, right? Because it, it, um, it uh, uh, is a way of holding up a mirror, you know, and saying, what are we really reflecting on? What are we really yeah. thinking about? And the kinds of questions that they ask are, are positioned a little bit differently. It's true. And, and sometimes I've found myself having to rethink things. You know, the other thing that you said in, in your uh, preamble to to this discussion is that election onto council is not like other elections and and that too was part of the ignorance piece i came on thinking that i represented the people who elected me and had i actually investigated that i would have known that that wasn't correct but i would say i would say that go so far as to say that the ma- the majority of veterinarians in ontario think that when they elect someone that's then an ear uh, for for them to bend to uh, get to council and again chatting with counselors is a great idea it's just it functions in a very different way um, so I, I think if we could ever clear up that miscommunication a lot of the the challenges that the CBO faces would be dealt with quite pleasantly mm-hmm. looking back can you describe this might be a tough question, actually. Can you describe a decision? It's always hard to think of one, right? Um, or a particular one. But describe a, dis- a decision of council that you were so pleased to be a part of the debate in the final direction. Yeah, and actually there there is one that, that stands out, but I'll backtrack just a, a bit before I tell you what that is. I think 
one of the largest learning curves that I had coming onto council was some of the uh, new aspects that the staff brought to our attention, and one of them is called uh, right touch regulation. And the bottom line is, is it it boils down to should we, the CVO, even be interested in this aspect? Is it already regulated by a, a, a different route? For example, the x-ray machines in our clinics are regulated by a completely different group who I can't remember at this point. Ministry of Labor. That's it, Ministry <laughs> of Labor. So if they've already got things in place, then CVO doesn't need to have extra things in place in order to have that regulated. And so this concept of right-touch regulation is, is looking at, first, do we need to be involved? If so, then how? And what is the level of regulation so that it just doesn't end up being punitive all the time uh, or punishment, um, but instead allows for robust discussion and robust practice and and all all of that kind of thing. And so out of that came probably one of the most controversial issues, I think, that we dealt with as a council. And that was the uh, proposed ban on tail docking and ear cropping. And this is, I mean, we're probably getting people responding immediately as I say those words, because you, you, there isn't much of a fence to sit on when it comes to this issue. There are huge humane aspects that, that swirl around this, this issue. There is some scientific aspect that, swirls around it too. But there is great emotional response to whether or not ears should be docked, ears should be cropped and tails docked. And what the college did was to look at, with this right touch regulation, to look at, okay, should we be prescriptive about this? Should we follow uh, others and enter into a ban? Or should we instead recognize that veterinarians are trained in the art of veterinary medicine and the art of veterinary surgery, and they have the ability within their own heads to understand each case as it comes to them to make a decision as to whether or not uh, a humane method of tail docking is the right thing for that animal at that time. And, and so it, it was interesting to kind of unpack that discussion and, and, again, get rid of my veterinary hat, get rid of my knee-jerk emotional hat and, and my animal welfare hat and, and that sort of thing, and to look at, okay, do we really, we being the CBO, really need to be heavy-handed in this and issue a ban on a procedure or do we need to understand that veterinarians are well-trained, thoughtful, humane people, and they have the smarts and the technology to make those decisions um, themselves? So that, that was kind of a bizarro one where you could see the various aspects quite readily. And we had some, we didn't quite have fisticuffs around the <laughs> council table, but we had some pretty heated discussions and uh, the public public interest uh, reps were very helpful in that too but I you know I would say to you 
because council speaks with one voice, I would say to you that council made the correct decision uh, in what they did. Now, as new information comes forward, could that change? Absolutely. That, that's the point of being fluid and open and transparent. But, um, but yeah, so it was a matter of taking a very finite looking issue and then backtracking and thinking about, is this our place? Is this where we should be weighing in? Um, and council decided that, yes, it was a place we should weigh in, but not weigh in with a ban. We weighed in in a different aspect. Thanks for that example. It's always interesting, right? Because uh, um, there are many, many issues that come before the council table. And from a, uh, a staff side in particular, you're always at, you know, advancing and marching things forward, right, to council to uh, assist council to make great decisions about a great number of things. So sometimes you kind of forget where you once were in order to come back, you know, to, oh, yeah, that, that's true, because that was uh, uh, now a few years ago, but uh, mm-hmm. a really poignant mm-hmm. example. And I wanted to say, too, the, the robustness of that discussion, we ended up having um, a panel where we had uh, breeders present, we asked the CKC to come, you know, so so the, the cool thing about the college is that they understand there are all these stakeholders in these issues, and we're not shy of, about asking them what their opinion yes yeah. Yeah. yeah and uh and i think that gives way more credibility to the decisions that the council makes than to sit in a silo and think well i'm a veterinarian and i know everything about everything so because uh, it, it's just not the case so i have one more question for you uh, i'm wondering if you can in reflecting on your experiences here at the college and as you come to the close of your six-year term here, what would you say are the key benefits of serving on council? Well, they, uh, they are many, and uh, I, I don't even know that I'm going to be able to encapsulate it because it, it all comes down to really furthering my education, which sounds completely selfish, but within furthering that education into areas that I had no... I'll even go so far as to say no interest. You can read a financial (laughs) statement. There you go. Yeah, I go to Financial 101 like every time that you offer it because I'm still learning. Uh, But um, so it it sounds prideful to say about my, my own learning experience, but I think what came out of the learnings over this six years was the ability to be a part of something so much bigger than what I could have imagined. And and I see glimpses of this when I go to conferences and, and hear about other regulatory aspects and look at things from a global perspective. And and it just has been an enrichment. It is it, it has been a teaching an old dog new tricks. I mean it really has. So we as veterinarians are tremendous learners. We are tremendous generalists. And I think this has made uh, me a different person than I was when I entered in. And that's going to sound sort of sappy. Uh, but just my eyes have been open to so many other stakeholder opinions than what I would have ever sought beforehand. So the key benefit is really just being associated with a group that is 
bright and articulate and very much poised on the cutting edge of regulatory medicine. And um, so it's just been, it's been a real privilege. And like I said, in a heartbeat, if you let me go another six years, I would do it again because there's probably another full six years of learning for me to reap. Uh, from this. So I'm very thankful and um, would encourage anyone to, uh, to take this on. Thanks, Liz. Thanks for joining me and for sharing your perspective on serving on council. Serving on council is a great responsibility, as you've been hearing, with a focus on important and challenging topics, to say the least. However, having fun is also important, and the collegial atmosphere of the college fosters a great working relationship between council and staff. If you're interested in seeking election to council or just learning more about the ways to contribute to the decision-making of council, I encourage you to contact the college or to visit the website at www.cvo.org. Thanks for tuning in.